This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Today on Voice of Change, we are going to be talking about the violent persecution of Christian children in the world. Now, a new report has been released by Open Doors, and Open Doors have worked with loads and loads of partners across a hundred different countries to really get the right findings to work within communities with people to hear what is happening. We often talk about persecuted believers, persecuted Christians who we feel and know and understand and should understand are part of our greater family of brotherhoods and sisterhood in the kingdom of God. But today's focus is really going to be on the rights of children. Now, children in our world are protected by a declaration of rights and and we have many, many different declaration of the rights of children that has been instituted by the UN, the League of Nations, by the Geneva Declaration. And the declarations always stipulate things like a child must be given everything that they need to develop normally. And that must include spiritual things as well as material things. That children have the right to food. That children, if they are sick, need the right to be nursed. That children need the right to be helped if they have any disabilities or ailments you know children must be first in line to experience relief in times of distress they must be in a position where they can earn a livelihood and be protected against exploitation they must also be brought up to know that they can serve others and that others can be there to serve them and to help them those are some of the basic rights that we have that you know kind of dictates the way that things work in the world but you and i both know that the reality always looks different children have to be protected they should enjoy special protection according to different declarations they should enjoy the benefits of society have you know free access to education and nursing and and treatment special treatment and whatever is needed they should have everything that they need to develop fully in love belonging understanding within their personality and i can go on and on about the different rights that children do and can and should have according to the way that these laws internationally work the reality is very different though when we see persecution on the ground when it takes its various forms we begin to realize that these rights are not experienced by a large majority of christian children and these are in countries in africa algeria for example like egypt iraq jordan the palestinian territories lebanon and many other countries latin american countries as well we are seeing it in, in Mozambique, we see persecution and we are seeing great things. And when I say great, I don't mean good, great things. I mean great as in big things happening. And when it comes to the persecution of Christian children, we need to be paying attention. So today on the show, joining me is Elizabeth Puerta from Open Door South Africa so that we can discuss the recent report that just came out now about a week and a half ago on the persecution of 
of Christian children and how it is rapidly rising and how it is a cause for us to take notice and what we can do about it. So it is myself, Lauren Jacobs, it's Kate Pulpit, and it's where you want to be for the next hour as we unpack this very, very important topic that needs to impact us as children of God. So stay tuned. It is going to be such a great time on the show today on Voice of Change because honestly, there are so many things we need to talk about. And one of the things that we really need to talk about on the show is the violent persecution of Christian children and how this is rapidly rising in our world today. And we know that November was this time where we also thought about World Children's Day, which was celebrated on the 20th of November. And of course, the United Nations, you know, in 1959 declared that children needed to be protected by a declaration of rights. And those rights needed to protect how children were treated, how they could live, and what their rights were and of course when we look at that we go oh that's so nice and it's so great and we have this international declaration of rights but actually when we look at it on the front lines when we look at it in the world we go are these rights actually being felt and received by children and today we're going to be talking about Christian children and for me this is a human rights issue as well the persecution of Christian children so joining me who is going to be touching on this topic in a deep way Elizabeth from Open Door South Africa. Elizabeth, how great to have you with me today talking about something that is so vitally important. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Lauren. It's great to be on the show. Now, when we talk about the persecution of Christian children, what are we actually saying? Because you guys have done a new report by Open Doors International, and the report was called A Generation at Risk Children and Youth Report in 2022. Now, explain to us what exactly this report now has revealed and what we are seeing among not just the persecuted that we have a heart for, but the children in countries prone to persecution. What has been the findings? Lauren, yeah, unfortunately, the report has found that the persecution, specifically the violent persecution against Christian children is rapidly rising. And it's absolutely shocking to learn that the persecution of Christian children is rising rapidly all over the world and that they often pay a terrible price for their parents' Christian faith. Now, in many countries that are hostile towards the Christian faith, the children of Christians and church leaders are targeted with serious violent persecution and treated as commodities. In countries with persecution, children are extremely vulnerable to it, especially in areas with ongoing conflict. Christian boys are often forced to join military groups and girls are exposed to sexual violence and forced marriage. Let me just give you a bit of background on the report that we have compiled and the method that we did the research. Mm -hmm. The report was authored by Open Doors World Watch Research. During the report, reporting period, which I must mention was from 1 October 2021 to 30 September 2022, Open Doors monitored religious persecution dynamics in more than 100 countries. Mm 
Mm. Analysts studied data from the top 76 countries where the persecution of Christians was recorded as being very high or extreme. In other words, where it's very, very severe persecution. We gathered data from Open Doors field staff and field contributors, mm -hmm. external experts, as well as World Watch research persecution analysts. Mm. Now, as part of the data collection process, we went to regionally based experts who collected data from trauma specialists, church leaders, focus groups, and local persecution experts. And this year's report has also been further supplemented by research carried out specifically in the Middle East. Open Doors oh. is currently busy with our Hope for the Middle East campaign, and Therefore, we also did research with young youth and youngsters in seven countries in this region. Focus groups were held with six to 15 participants in each group, with two held in Syria and one in each of the other countries, which are Algeria, Egypt, Jordan, Lebanon, Iraq, and the Palestinian territories. Mm. And with all this research, we made some very shocking findings. Wow. Sure. And, and again, we're talking about countries as well that are on the African continent, which, you yes. know, I think should wake people up a bit. We're talking about places that we often go on holiday, like to Egypt to go and just, you know, have a holiday without realizing what's happening there. We're talking about, you know, the Middle East where a lot of Christians go. A lot of Christians go to visit and, and sometimes don't know how to deal with the dynamics of what's happening there how do they feel and and you know what's happening but it's it's actually quite incredible 100 countries is a lot of countries and of course 76 countries where there is the persecution of christians it's it's a big number when we're talking about persecution of christians we often see it as a very broad spectrum but then when we look and we say okay christian children are being persecuted and this is not just any kind of persecution we have seen and we have followed in the media as well for many years situation like in Nigeria with young girls Christian girls from schools being kidnapped and being taken by military and being persecuted and we see that and, and the media makes a big deal about that but these things are happening in other countries as well so when we talk about Christian children being persecuted. How does this often manifest? Is it very much that they are, I mean, that, that seems quite extreme, children being kidnapped or, or being, you know, used as child soldiers or child laborers or, or things like that. That seems quite extreme. But is that the reality? What are the different kinds of persecution that Christian children are actually experiencing? Well, I can just mention some of the top points, the top mm -hmm. pressure points as such that are used against children and youngsters. The first one, and that is a big one, is education. You know, um, children are bullied at school. They are bullied by the other kids at school, by the learners that are with them, as well as their local community and the teachers. You know, for example, in a country like Egypt, mm -hmm. the whole class is full of Muslim children. And there's maybe in a class of 80 children, there's three Christian children. Then they sit right at the back of the class. The, the teachers force them to sit right at the back. Mm -hmm. And then when they're teaching the children, they give no attention whatsoever to these three children. And mm -hmm. 
they absolutely are bullied by the other kids. The other kids, you know, are teasing them and they don't play with them during breaks and don't mingle with them at all. And they make them feel like they're totally, totally out of yeah. the education system as such, you know. And the result is that those kids, they don't get a proper education. When the teachers yeah. explain the stuff to the other kids, they leave those kids alone and they don't explain to them at all. So at the end of the day, their education is lacking. It stays behind. Yeah. So open doors then have to step in. We have to step in then and give them extra classes to help them just to get their education on par, yeah. you know, that they can pass their exams as such. Then yeah. they are refused or I can rather say separated from their Christian parent or parents, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And what this boils down to is there's two ways of separation. In the first case, the children are taken away from their parents in a violent way. Wow. And therefore, you know, the parents are also discriminated against and there's also persecuted against them. So what it boils down to is things like abduction, imprisonment, forced recruitment, being forced to flee, you know, they are separated mm. from their parents in a violent and forced way. So in other words, what that then leads to is that they, they get psychological distress, practical harm. Yeah. Um, they have painful associations in their minds with Christianity. Mm. And then at the end of the day, they, they are driven away from the Christian faith, but they're also taken away from their upbringing, their Christian upbringing, you know, and what their parents would have taught, teach them, mm -hmm. what their parents would have teach them regarding their values, their Christian values, their Christian upbringing. And then the second way is, of course, where the parents decide, okay, let's rather send our children away to keep them safe. Because mm. they know if the children stay in their house, then there will be persecution against them and the children can pay with their lives as such. Yeah. So then they send the children to Christian centers. Open Doors, for example, has Christian centers in countries in Latin America, where okay. it's like a children's center as such, where the parents then send the children to keep them safe. And in many cases, it's far from home. Yeah. I can... For instance, tell you about the case of a girl called Valentina. Valentina and her little brother, Elver, they stayed with their parents in the beautiful mountainous area of Colombia. But her father is a Christian church leader. So there's a lot of discrimination against them at school. They experience discrimination in the community. So their father, Francisco, realized that if he didn't send his two kids away, they could be killed. They could be victims of rape, victims of sexual yeah. persecution. And so, you know, many other types of persecution. So he sent them to the Open Doors Children's Center in Colombia. But the Open Doors Children's Center is 15 hours drive away from their home. So Valentina and little Elber, Valentina is now 15, little Elber is still small. They are now home for Christmas. But they know they can only stay home like right until after Christmas, and then they must take this journey back, 15 hours drive back to the children's centre, stay there for the whole 2023, and only see their parents again next year at Christmas time. But mm. 
Francisco told us that at least he knows that his kids are safe. Although they missed them and they're separated from them, they know they're safe. And at the children's center, they get a Christian education. Mm -hmm. So they're physically getting schooling at the center, you know. And then they taught about the Bible. They taught how to read the Bible. They taught how to understand the Bible. They can openly do church at the center. They can do stuff like worship with other Christian kids. Mm. And the same scenario plays off at places like the Middle East. I think about Iraq and Syria, for instance, where the children and the adults, they go to open door centers of hope. Now, the centers of hope are churches that are converted into centers of hope. And Open Doors have already converted hundreds of churches in those countries to centers of hope. And their aim is to, at the end of the day, convert every single church in Syria and Iraq into centers of hope, where Christians can go, where it's like a safe haven for them, you know, Mm. where they can stay, where they are cared for. The parents are then educated in ways that equip them to get jobs or to start their own businesses. Because that's another way that says persecution. When children leave school and they apply for jobs, then they refuse and they don't get the job because of the fact that they're Christians. Mm. So they stay jobless. And Mm. at the centers of hope, then we step in and we groom them to get jobs. We groom them to start their own businesses as such, you know. so that's all the things that happen when children are separated from their parents as such. Mm. And yes, I told you about the fact that the specific religious persecution of children and youth, that then fractures intergenerational relationships. Those mm. kids are at the formative stage of their lives. Mm. And then they face this harsh forms of persecution that can inhibit or severe their sense of belonging and their attachment mm. to their local faith and or social communities. Mm. So, yeah, you know, um, another way that we had identified as a very severe finding is that Christian girls mm-hmm. are deliberately sexually groomed in 22% of countries where Christians face acute persecution. Members of majority religions with targeting the kids, especially the kids of Christian leaders. You know, if dad is a pastor, for example, or a church leader, or if the parents are leading a congregation with home churches, for example, then they target that children and they they target the girls and they groom them sexually. And then in in that is now in parts, you know, where, where there are majority religions of, let's say, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhism, but there's also sexually grooming happening in parts like Latin America, for example, where it's criminal gangs and drug gangs, you know. Then the gangsters come and they, for example, a a man will come to the young girl, pretend to be a Christian, get her to fall in love with him. And then he grooms her and takes her away pretending want to marry her as a Christian marriage. And then he marries her and then she realizes, oh, this is a Muslim. It's not a Christian man. And then he takes her away from her Christian family. 
And after he then took her away, he convinces her to leave her Christian religion as such and to join the Muslim religion again. Mm. In Latin America, the same happens with the criminal gangs and the drug gangs. You see, they don't want Christians in their area because yeah. they know the Christians are a threat to their criminal activities, to their drug smuggling activities as such, you know? Yeah. yeah. So then they would go, they, they would abduct the Christian girl, for example. They would rape her. They would force her to marry someone of another religion. They would force her to marry someone who's a criminal, for example, in Latin America. And at the end of the day, you know, those girls are deliberately seduced by members of criminal gangs, members of other religions, majority religions as such. For instance, grooming for purposes of conversion can be seen in countries such as Egypt, Syria, Pakistan, Malaysia, among other countries. And the boys are targeted in another way. In places like Latin America, for example, and also up in Africa, I think about North Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, the boys are targeted to become military fighters. Mm. In Africa, for instance, the boys are targeted by Al-Shabaab or Boko Haram, you know, or um, ISIS as such. And then they, they recruited to become part of the military groups at the age of such, let's say, as young as 12 years old. Mm. And in Latin America, the same happens because they, they're seduced by members of criminal gangs. They targeted to become part of this criminal gangs or the drug cartels as such. Mm. You know, Elizabeth, I have a friend, a good friend who was in the DRC and he, he was, his family were Christian uh, quite a few years ago and his parents, you know, sent him actually away. And he remembers it so clearly because they were trying the, these groups around where he was living were trying, were targeting him to become a part of this as a child soldier. He was very young. He was like 10 years old and this was happening and his parents to protect him. He remembers they put him on a, on a boat and him and two other small friends and say that they needed to make their way down to South Africa. They needed to get away from the DRC. That is such a journey. And he eventually did get here, but he was young and so young and 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 lived on the street as a car guard, you know, guarding the cars. When thankfully Christians uh, from uh, YWAM started reaching out to him. And today uh, he's just released a book about his story of what happened to him. You know, by the grace of God, people reached out to him and, and he lived such a profound life today. But again, when he says that moment he describes of when his parents looking at his mom, you know, putting him on this boat, he was young as 10 years old saying you have to just make your way down to South Africa and and the crossings they had to go over and the way they had to get down here and and ended up in Cape Town was so intense and it was to get away from what was happening. This is a reality. This is not just something that, you know, the listeners are listening to and go, this is something that Elizabeth and Lauren are talking about. This is a reality for people that children are targeted and, and, 
you know, we meet people all the time that have these stories. If you're in different spheres of, of working with Christians or persecuted Christians or even Christians that have these intense stories, you hear them and you realize this is happening and people around us, it could be happening with the car guard that's helping you at the store. Could That could be their story. You know, yes. that was the story yes. for my friend who was from Congo and working as a car guard, you know, out in Wellington, uh, working there and, and, and praise God that, that youth came and, and ministered to him and would come and, and, and be with him, you know, so that he could really find his feet. And, and, uh, it's, it's, these are big things that you are sharing with us today. It's, it's huge things and it's human rights issues as well, which I want to touch on when we get back, but we're going to take just a very quick music break, but we don't want you to go anywhere because we're still going to be unpacking what is happening. This report of violent persecution against Christian children and how it is rapidly rising and it's boys and girls. And when we see it and we hear about it, we need to care. So enjoy some music, but don't go anywhere because Elizabeth is still with me after this. It's Voice of Change, and you're with me, Lauren Jacobs. I hope that you have been really tuned in with your ear closely to the show today because we always talk about how we need to care and how we need to be a voice of change, how we need to be people of faith, that, and that faith requires us to be people of action. And so Elizabeth has been sharing with us about the increase of you know, violent persecution against Christian children, and it's happening. And this report and the findings were done across a hundred different countries, which is a big, big number. It wasn't just looking at a small area, but all over. And I wanted to say, Elizabeth, you know, when I think of this, I was a journalist on the field for many years. When I look at this, I I realize and see again that this is a human rights issue. And yet sometimes we do not hear enough about religious persecution, especially against Christians, when we are, you know, tuning into human rights summits or human rights watches, or when we see, because I, I am connected with a lot of women's forums and there's survivors that come and speak about their story. I've made wonderful, you know, Kurdish survivors of things that have happened with them and their, them as refugees and Yazidis. But I don't hear a lot of the times about Christians who have survived and who are able to come and now speak. Is that something that we hope is going to change? by looking at a report like this? Is it a hope that we have that something is going to be taken seriously and that it's not just us as the Christian community, but that there's a global community that needs to start caring? Yes, Lauren, you know, unfortunately, yes, on the one side, we hope it would change, but unfortunately on the other side, it's not easily going to change because our statistics at Open Doors have shown us that the persecution of Christians as a whole is increasing the whole time. You know, at mm. the moment we are working with more than 360 million persecuted Christians mm. in more than 70 countries worldwide. And if you go back, then you will realize that the persecution of Christians started in the Bible already, in the New Testament, with the crucifixion of Jesus as mm. such, you know, and 
after Jesus was crucified, the first Christians gathered in Jerusalem and they were persecuted. Mm -hmm. If you read how Paul, when he was still, before he was named Paul, how he persecuted Christians, how Stephen Mm -hmm. was killed and stoned to death. You know, that are all examples of the persecution of Christians. And since that early times, it just got worse and worse. And Open Doors has a list that we release every year in January called the World Watch List. And the World Watch List is compiled after very thorough research with statistics about persecution and the persecution specifically in the top 50 countries in the world with the worst persecution. And every year when we compile this list and we look at the statistics, it's worse than the previous year, you know. Mm. So, um, for example, last year, one in every eight Christians in the world was persecuted. This year, it was one in every seven Christians. Mm -hmm. If you look at how the persecution is spreading in Africa, for example, I saw a map illustration the other day where it shows like more than 50% of Christian, or rather more than 50% of countries in Africa is already taken over by the Muslims and by ISIS, Mm. you know? So the the amount of Christians in Africa, if you compare it to what it was, it's really frightening to look at it, you know? And if you look at how it's spreading, it started in Northern Africa, in Sub-Saharan Africa, started in Nigeria, for example, with ISIS filtering in and with Boko Haram and Al-Shabaab and so on. And then it came lower and lower and now, it's already in the DRC that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's already in the northern parts of Mozambique, which is our neighboring country. Yeah. You know? And then you just realize it's spreading more and more. For example, Mozambique entered the World Watch list only, the, I think it was last year, yes. It yeah. entered the World Watch list in position, position number 49. This year it moved up hmm. to position number 40. Mm. which is quite a high move, you know? Yeah. That's our neighboring country. If you look at the persecution of Christian, the top five pressure points are education, separation from Christian parents, verbal violence, psychological violence, and religious materials. You know, if I say religious materials, I mean they don't get access to Bibles. They don't get access to religious books or other religious materials. Mm. If, you can, if I can say how the pressure points differ between girls and boys, the top three pressure points for girls are sexual violence, forced marriage, and abduction. The top three pressure points for boys, however, are physical violence, psychological violence, and military conscription service against conscience. Mm. So, you know, to say that it's getting less unfortunately the reality is it increases rapidly Mm. and you know it's getting more severe and severe it's getting more and more violent while it increases Mm. so elizabeth that brings me to to really this point of saying what can we do what do we as christians especially when we are we often say we are sitting in countries where we have a bit of freedom. We even having this conversation today 
and and we have this freedom to talk about this on a Christian radio station. We have this great freedom, which we never should take for granted. What is it that we can actually do to assist? Because I'm sure not only myself, but many of the listeners that are tuned in today are feeling upset about these reports. And it should make us feel something. We should hear this and say, we we can't just sit here and go, oh, well, this is what it is and read it and then close it and then say, well, you know, what is it that we can actually do? What is the biggest things that we can do to sort of assist against what is happening here? Well, I mentioned the Children's Centers that Open Doors has earlier in our interview. I also mentioned the um, centers of hope that we have in the Middle Eastern countries like Iraq and Syria. So, as I said earlier, religious persecution inhibits a young person's sense of belonging and attachment in a faith community. So, therefore, what we can do as Christians is try to build that belonging again build that sense of belonging, build that sense of attachment, you know, make them feel if they end up at our children's center, like Valentina, for example, make them feel that they're part of a community, a community of faith, that we are their brothers and sisters so that they Mm. can know that they are not alone. We are standing with them. And in that way, we can try to combat that damaging ripple effect across Mm. all generations. And then, especially with children, you know. So Open Doors tries to, to build that sense of belonging, to work for the protection of, protection of children and marginalized youth, you know, and combat the vulnerabilities that they experience. So we want people to become part of that and we want people to physically get involved with that. And if I say physically, you know, one of the most important ways in which people can get involved is by prayer. I don't Mm. think people realize how Mm. important prayer is for persecuted Christians. If we ask our brothers and sisters in persecuted countries, what can we do for you? What's the most important thing we can do for you? They answer, the most important thing is prayer. Please pray for us. I don't think people realize what the power of prayer is as such, you know, Mm. and if people pray for, for one another, what power it has. And in, then we see miracles starting to happen. So, yeah, to address the faith-based harassment, marginalization and vulnerabilities experienced by children, Open Doors has the following recommendations that we as a part of this report as such. You know, we want to try to ensure that parents have the right to educate their children. Mm. And as you said earlier, it's not only for Christian children, it's a human right. We want to ensure that they are educated by their parents according to their own religious beliefs and according to their own religious values and religious practices. And that can be done by trying to ensure that children can stay safely with their parents. Yeah. And we want to exercise due diligence when dealing with concerns of children and youngsters regarding violations, ensuring non-discriminatory family laws and the settlement of family-related conflicts, you know. We want to ensure that children are supported regarding staying safe, you know, that they're supported in 
prayer, yes, but also in a financial way. We want to train, support, and involve local faith across mm. all continents and across all countries. Mm. And we want to encourage governments as such, you know, the authorities as such, to mm-hmm. fight for this and to fight for children's human rights, to yeah. fight for their protection. So we want to do advocacy work with governments, with authorities as such, also local yeah. authorities in their own communities. Mm. And, you know, it's got such a ripple effect because if there's violent persecutions against the kid as such, mm. then it's, sometimes it starts in his own family. Mm. If a kid is a Christian, for example, and his parents and his brothers and sisters are not Christians, then they totally discriminate against him. They totally, totally chase him out of his own house. You know, then he's not allowed to live with his family anymore because of his Christianity. Mm. On the other side, where the whole family are Christians, then the whole family is discriminated against. Then they try to separate children from their parents and from their families to break this Christian bond as such. So yeah. we must try and heal that bond. And it's it's very difficult yeah. because, you know, it's against a, a majority who are part of another belief, maybe part of another religion as such, or part of drug cartels, part of gangs, you know. So so it's a, it's a hard fight, but um, people can become part of open doors fights against it as such, by visiting our website. Our website is www.opendoors.org.za. I repeat it, www.opendoors.org.za. At the moment, as part of our Hope for the Middle East campaign, we also have a campaign to raise a million prayers against persecution, not only of children, but against Christian persecution as a whole. So when you visit our website, Mm -hmm. it opens on a window that then directs you. If you just click on that window, it directs you through the whole process to join the million prayers of hope for the Middle East. And then when you physically sign up and join this campaign, then it takes you through and your light is physically lighted on a prayer map. It shows the whole prayer map across the world. And it's so beautiful to see how the lights go on on the map, you know. So wow. I want to appeal to listeners and I want to appeal to to people who feel strong about this for the sake of our children, but also of persecution as well. Go and register for this and become part of it. Because before the end of December, we want to raise a million voices of prayer and mm-hmm. a million lights to be lightened on that prayer map. Oh. Another way for people to also become involved with children specifically if they go onto our website, then they will see there's a part Gifts of Hope. And one of the Gifts of Hope on our website is a gift to specifically help children as such. You know, so if you click on that gift specifically, select that gift, and then it takes you through to the page where you can help children with different ways, whether it's registering as a prayer partner, whether it's Mm -hmm. traveling with open doors to help them and support them, whether it's becoming a financial partner. If you register there on the specific gift, it is Mm -hmm. gift 11, 
where it says impact the next generation by giving them a safe space to grow. Mm. And then Amen. it takes you to that page where there's different options to help them. You can choose for, for as little as 240 rand, for example, you can provide two children with gifts and their families with a food package. For wow. 460 rand, you could send four children or youngsters to a Christian camp for training. For 1,060 rands, you can help a children, uh, a Christian child rather, receive an education. You know, so. Thank you so much. There's several ways you can so many. Involved. So many no. ways. And I want to just encourage the listeners. We just have about a minute left together. But Elizabeth, I want to say thank you so much. And I encourage the listeners to go on over and check everything out. The prayer sounds so impactful, so important. But Elizabeth, I want to say thank you so much, my side, for all the passion that you have and for bringing us this truth today. And I believe it's not going to go unnoticed and unheard. So Elizabeth, thank you so much and all the best for the continued work that yourself and Open Doors are doing it's been such a privilege thank you very much lauren and yes i just want to appeal to everyone bring hope to this people bring amen. hope to these children amen. and support them amen and thanks for the opportunity as well and blessings to your listeners i hope that you like me have begun to really reflect on the fact that this is a huge problem that we have in our world I know a lot of people will turn around and say, well, it's prophesied about in the Bible that we will, as Christians, those who stand for Christ unashamedly, that we will experience persecution. And I get that. I get that we can often say that. And I, and I, I totally believe that when the Bible prophesies certain things, that it is true. And we see that. And so we see that persecution will increase. And we see, just like Elizabeth said, that our very first four fathers and four mothers experience persecution and martyrdom even but that doesn't mean that we should just sit back and say well we're going to just let it happen we can be actively part of the solution the solution is very depending on who you are and what you feel led to do for some people they go and they go on mission trips and they go and they visit the persecuted and give support for others that looks different so whatever it is that you are led to do in your heart today i encourage you to do that i also encourage you because i love this project of million prayers of hope that open doors are doing and your light shines on the map go on over to opendoors.org.za and sign up there and and oftentimes we go we're going to pray for someone and then we don't pray for someone so let's pray for someone Think about your children. Think about your grandchildren. And think about, for sure, we are completely blessed to live in a country where we have religious freedom still at this present moment. We don't know if that's going to change. But for now, we enjoy what we have. But if we think about our children, we think about our grandchildren and the children we love and care about, even as teachers, as maybe psychologists that work with children, therapists, occupational therapists, and as maybe just people who are nurses or people who, you know, just work with children or have a heart for children. You don't even have to have your own children to have a heart for children. Let's think about what this actually means. These are not just stats. These are not just us saying girls 
are forced into sexual violence, marriage and abduction. These are children. And when we give them a face that looks similar to our children, we begin to realize that we need to be the change. So how is God calling you to be that change today in the lives of these children? May we also really get serious about the prayers that we pray. And I encourage you to do this one thing with your children. Get a map. And I've encouraged so many people to do that. Get a beautiful map and stick it up on the wall. Take little drawing pins, the ones that are blue or red or green or yellow, and put them into onto the countries or even the little towns, villages or cities where people are being persecuted, where children are being persecuted. That's going to require a little bit of reading from you, but that's okay. That's good. We're educating ourselves and put the pins into those places and pray with your children and your family for those areas together, instilling a heart in your children and in your family for those who are persecuted so that your children see their children just like them that are experiencing persecution in other countries because they have faith in Jesus and children care let me tell you young children they care they really do care our children care and have a level of empathy that we lose when we get older to instill that empathy into them through praying together as a family for the persecuted and do it for the persecuted children and do it visually with a map and with some drawing pens. That's my challenge to you today. It's been so good, good to be with you here on Voice of Change today. And wow, to speak about this topic, my heart is really praying that we will be the change. Take care. Until next week, God bless you. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.